You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 274 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. What's happening in Gina world? I've just been out in the sun and it's lovely. It's like uh, a perfect spring day, yes, I would say. Not, not humid and uh, the neighbours are having a party, which is quite loud. So that might come through the things. There's like a oh. lot of them. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, it's yeah. that time of year. It's, you know, yeah. Aussie barbecue it is. time. It's, it's Aussie barbecue. It's party season. And mm. uh, yeah, so, and, and I want to say a big welcome to all the new listeners that we have, yes. which is fantastic. And do you know, Val, that the yes. most common way uh, people hear about podcasts is word of mouth? Okay. Word of mouth. That's so, um, yeah. So, um, thank everyone for telling their friends about us. Yes, and so, the more thank people you. that know about us, the higher we rate, the higher we rate, the better guests we can have. And we've got some rippers coming and up. And the so more excited we, we get, and the more we'll, we will bring you. <laughs> exactly. So please, if you haven't told a friend or 20 about us, please do. If you're getting value out of the podcast and if you like it, if you don't like it, then maybe don't tell anyone. <laughs> and of course, if you have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd be very grateful because that also helps us in the rankings. Now, before we move on to this week's topic, which is really cool, and it's seven things you can start doing today to improve your confidence as a photographer. Gina's got a few other things she wants to tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of hype in the last uh, a couple of months about uh, Luminar 4, uh, which is an AI uh, retouching software. So it's a, like a raw file processor. Kind of the interface is uh, like Photoshop, like Lightroom, and so you can buy it. And what's really cool about it and what they uh, sell, sell this software on is the fact that you can buy it as a standalone product, which uh, Lightroom and Photoshop, you no longer can. You have to subscribe to it. And it's uh, considerably cheaper than having a subscription. And uh, we were offered uh, like a, a, a demo model, uh, but I, I um, opted to buy my own instead so I could do an honest review, uh, cool. which is what I like to do. And so uh, a few days ago, I bought myself and I wanted to be skeptical, Val. Okay. And I wanted to go, well, AI, pfft, because, you know, uh, photographers, especially ones like me who have been around for a long time, kind of when change comes along, although I do, I love to embrace change. I'm an early adopter of everything. I, I adopted um, digital photography early. I was on, uh, you know, autofocus lenses early. So I do love to check new stuff out. But we, we are a bit, uh, we do like to resist changes. And uh, like, the thing is, it's when 
even going back, 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 back into the early days of photography, you had like photographers had fully manual cameras. Uh, and then yeah. somewhere around the 80s, the auto camera came, or the Instamatic, even earlier, like in the 60s, I think the Instamatic camera came up and everyone threw up their arms and said, that's the death of photography. Now everyone can be a photographer. It's all over. But it wasn't the case. It's still the best photographers still got on and did great work. And it just made uh, photography more accessible. And I'm very grateful for that because it meant that I had family photos of me underneath the lemon tree. Did your family photograph you under? Underneath the lemon yeah, tree, was we had a lemon that, tree too. And so you got when you were in your Sunday best, uh, you I, got photographed under the lemon tree for some reason. Well, I wasn't in my Sunday best, but yeah, I got photographed under the lemon tree. Yeah, yeah. So that so, so, so that was the thing. So the Instamatic didn't change; it just made it more accessible. And same when autofocus lenses came along, everyone went, "Oh, it's cheating! You should manually focus. Autofocus <laughs> is cheating." And so I embrace the autofocus lens because you know I don't see very well. <laughs> so I'm like, this is going to be great. And also, if you think about it, if you are doing a, a, a full day shoot where you're photographing, you know, dozens or you know 20 or 30 people in a day and you're constantly focusing that's exhausting so to take that pressure off and have something else do it for me I loved it but the early uh, autofocus lenses were shite they they didn't focus very well but then they got a lot better and now I have to say uh, you'd be crazy to manually focus why would you when when autofocus does it better, it sees sure. better than we can? So, yeah. you know, these are the changes. They come in and usually the first couple of versions are okay but not very good, but they just keep getting better. So uh, this has been my experience with what's going on with this uh, AI, like robots processing your film basically. So the computer, you put it into the computer and you, you know, change a few dials and it spits out – uh, a good-looking image or an okay-looking image, and kind of how I look, how I, I want everyone to think about AI, and and that's also our cameras have AI in them. So like you know, there's a robot called Hans who programs all the computers. <laughs> I thought he right? was a human who. Oh, made... he's kind of like I think he's AI, you know, okay. <laughs> or uh, Hans programs the AI Maybe in the Hans computer. So start, yeah, well, it starts with a person who says. <laughs> who decides what is what makes a good image, how a good image should look like, how how the sky should be rendered, how trees should be rendered to be correct. And that's all programmed. And then we can get our uh, fully, uh, our cameras, switch them over to fully auto, take a picture and you get a great shot. But that's what happens. But you have to remember that, that, that AI is kind of like, uh, do you know, uh, this is a dumb question to ask you, mm-hmm. Val, but you know when you bake a cake, <laughs> like, so no. I said to you, how do you bake a cake? Well, I get in my car, I drive down to the cake shop, or I get online and I order the pie and it comes yeah. to my house because yeah. it's like, you know, what's your pie, your favourite, what is it? Banoffee. That's it. So, you know, but... So there basically, I drive to Chargill Charlie's, which is about it doesn't, two suburbs It sounds away. like a chicken shop. It is a chicken shop, but it has right. the best... Banoffee, the second best banoffee pie in Sydney. Well, there you go. So um, there's three ways that you can get your hands on a pie like that. Yes. You can um, order it at the shop. Go yes. to what? What's it called? Char Grill Charlie's. 
char grill charlies right or the second way is you can go to the supermarket and you can get cake in a box which is basically all the ingredients are in the box and you just add water and cream or an egg and and mix it up put it in a cake pan and put it in the oven and you've got a cake right fail proof the cake in the box, right? Or the mm. third option is you can go get all the ingredients and actually make one from scratch. Mm. Okay, now some would argue as which version is better. I would say mm. the third version is going to be the most authentic because you've made it yourself and you can put all the love and you can tweak the ingredients. If you what What's in a banoffee pie, Val? Biscuit base. What's biscuit base. So, yeah. And then okay, you, if you boil the can of... Um, condensed oh, you've milk. Ma- have you made this for me before? Probably. You boil the can so, of condensed milk to make the caramel on the it's bottom. It's like a caramel. All right. And then so, you put banana and cream. Yeah. So what you could do is if you were making it yourself, you could tweak the recipe like, you know, if you liked a chewier base, mm. you could add more butter to the to the biscuit base or you could you could make it gluten-free if you wanted to or if you wanted a creamier Why top, more top, yeah, I know, more topping, you could add more bananas maybe or you mm. could add more cream or you could have a thicker amount or of just more caramels. of everything. Just more of everything. So you could double the recipe mm. or just have a, a thinner base, thicker caramel, thinner cream, right? Tweak it to make it your own. And it's the same with all this AI. So it's great as an idea, but um, I think the best way to use it is to be able to know what you're doing, know what the result you, you want and use it as a starting point and be able to tweak it but sort of um, – be uh, not use it as fully automatic. That's the best way. And so, this relates to Luminar. How? Yeah. Okay. So it is AI. So basically, what I did, and I've put a couple of examples there in the show notes. Um, so basically, what you can get is so really AI. If, I mean, Luminar. In case you haven't heard of it, is a plugin that can be used by itself or you can use it with Lightroom or Photoshop and, and or, Photoshop or, so yeah so, so it can, can be a yeah yeah and it, so it can be a complete standalone product raw file processor that you just if you don't have Photoshop or Lightroom you can just buy that and you can edit your images and also retouch your images and uh, what it's been sold on what all the fuss is about is the fact that they use AI technology to um, you can use it to smooth skin retouch skin or even replace skies or do you know um, cool little things like add sunbeams to your images and things like that, all right? So I spent like quite a bit of time having a play with it. And if you're a gold member, there is going to be uh, an extensive tutorial on how to use it and and how I think it can be great for people. Like, Because what I think is... I like what they're doing and I love it uh, not so much as a standalone. It's about 100 bucks, Val, so it's not that not that expensive when you compare it to everything else. Mm. But I've been using it as a plug-in for Photoshop. So what you can do is you can use the editing component as a plug-in but then um, tweak it a little bit to make it look all look a lot more natural. But where I see it uh, being really handy for photographers say if you're a portrait photographer and you've done a session with 10 people on a day right Mm. and you've photographed everyone and you want to send out the proofs and you've picked out the best 10 from each setup so that's what 
do the math. What did I say? 10 people, 10 shots, 100 images. Mm. Okay. Now, what a lot of photographers do, a lot, a lot of portrait photographers that are selling their images, is when they send out the proofs, they might give them a light retouch just so when everyone looks at themselves, they go, oh, my God, I look amazing. I need to buy all every single one of these images. All right. It's kind of good practice if you're a fast retoucher to do that. What I would use this uh, software for if when I was sending out proofs, these images are tiny that you're sending out. They're not going to be printed. They're not very big. So people are going to be picking those at a glance is I would use this software. So you could just with, and I'm telling you, it's one click. So you can see an example and I've got an extreme example with someone, you know, uh, you can see uh, the before on the left and the after on the right where it's uh, smoothed out the skin, but it left the texture of yeah. the skin still and there's also natural. it still looks very natural that that was done in a second Val so Gina's I, I, basically I got five um, seconds Gina's got an example which you can find in the show notes over at ginamilitia.com of a woman's face and she's divided it down the middle and obviously one side of the face she's applied uh she's used luminar and it is like chalk and cheese but it's yet it still looks natural it just looks like it, a fantastic shot it looks very natural. So you, you can actually um, in, do all the adjustments independently if you wanted to as layers using Luminar. So you can take the red eye out. You can tweak the eyes. There is one feature that I particularly love, which is eyebrow enhance, which actually okay. uh, it kind of adds. It's like, you know, when you use the brush to fill in the missing eyebrow hairs from the mm, ones like mm. if you were grew up in the 70s and plucked your yeah. eyebrows to within an inch of your life. It's got that you can darken lips and uh, the the downsides I've noticed is like the you know it doesn't completely get rid of eye bags and uh, it's pretty good at recognizing the different. Here's this. This is really it's kind of scary actually. It can recognize the difference between a zit. Is that slang? Yeah, no, that's good. People know what zits are. <laughs> zit. So a blemish, um, yes. or a, and or a freckle. It can okay. tell the difference between wow, a freckle. Clever. So if you had someone who had freckles and um, pimples, it'll get rid of the pimples, it'll leave the freckles. Mm. So that's pretty clever, but it doesn't always get it right. So I had uh, like a, a couple where there was a guy that had blemishes and uh, it kind of replaced the blemishes and, and, and looked a bit off, like wasn't quite right. But then you can go back and use a mask and get rid of those areas and kind of fix it up, which I kind of think defeats the purpose because you may as well use Photoshop. So, But I imagine that in the next version, they'll fix all those. And it like the autofocus, that was my point of the autofocus. First version was shite. Uh, autofocus now is amazing. So I think they'll, they'll tweak all of that and uh, somewhere in the future. I think this, it kind of reminds me of, I think this is what Instagram um, Yeah, it's basically like do. Instagram filters on mega steroids. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Astounding. So, so if you go to the website, so we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's called Luminar, L-U-M-I-N-A-R. You'll see that you can change the colour of the sky with one click. As Gina said, it's Not really the colour, you can... 
change the entire sky valve, which was going to be yes. my next point. So uh, if you've got an image and often it's like you can't plan for those sexy, sexy skies, you, you, you've got to be lucky. So you'll be out, you'll do your shoot and uh, like the example I've got and this image that I've got of the surfer, that's from our Shoot Anywhere course. It's coming out next year. So you can see in the background there, it's a kind of a, a poopy sky. It's just a lot of clouds that have uh, joined up. That's another technical term that I'm going to throw in like kaka poopy is another version of that so you know when you just get a blanket of white cloud or gray cloud and it's flat and nothing not a very sexy sky so this lumina um, 4 gives you the option to change the sky in one click so you get a, 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 a selection I think you get about 10 preloaded skies that you can choose from Fantastic. and you can upload your own skies. So if you're going to be someone that wants to um, do a lot of sky replacement, you might be, uh, and I can see you might be- A real estate photographer. A real estate, an event photographer, conference photographer. Say you've got everyone outside and all the teams from the conference, you know, groups of 20 people uh, on the golf course and you've got 500 shots, you're not going to replace the sky, but you can now. You can do it in one click. And so uh, what's a really smart thing to do, and I recommend this to everyone anyway, whenever you are out and you've got your camera and there's a sexy sky, mm. take a photo. Right. Set your uh, lens to the widest uh, zoom that you can, what, you know, 24 or, or wider if you can, and shoot a clean plate of the sky, get a number of shots always and keep a collection of skies because uh, they're going to come in handy for this sky replacement. So where you've got to be careful is not every sky is going to be great. Like there were skies that were just bright blue with those Hollywood clouds that just looked too perfect or there were sunsets that were a bit dodgy. But, you know, I noticed that you can go onto the site and actually buy packs of more clouds if you want to. So it's a plug-in for Photoshop but you can also plug in to Lightroom and do the sky replacement. So uh, I will be doing yeah tutorials for this, for the Goldies that covers all of this and how to introduce that into your workflow. So I'm Brilliant. pretty impressed for the $100 investment. And if you're a real estate conference, headshot photographer, anyone that's doing bulk retouching, then yeah. I think you're going to um, get a lot out of it, but you you know you need to be careful and make sure that you um, you know go easy because it potentially could become the HDR of 2020. You know when everyone got excited about HDR and they just went over the top. I can see that happening with this, but if you go lightly with it, I, I think it's I think it's all right. But it's not. You still need Photoshop, and I think you still need Lightroom. And that was completely unsponsored by anyone. Mm. And you can buy um, different levels of packs and they include yeah. um, additional, you know, sunsets and other looks like that as well, depending on which level you buy. It's yeah, pretty and good. It, and I think one you, of the what, things that on the um, – it shows that you can do, there's a shot on the site that is through um, a forest of trees and you can shine the sunlight in any direction, like dapple through the, yeah, the sun rays through the trees, just 
you know, and, and shine them either right to left or left to right or in any particular angle or through a radial um, version. It's pretty astounding, actually. And that, that little hack in its own can be used in several other ways, which, again, I'll, I'll do some tutorials on that. So right. you can actually take that and make it into something else, which I'm sure as, as this software gets out there, there'll be photographers going, hey, do you know you can do this with that? So it'll be something that they'll learn from, and I, I can only see it, see it getting better and better. The other thing that I just wanted to say about the skin retouching, Val, is when you uh, apply uh, all, your, all your settings to a particular face, you can save that as an action, just like you can in Lightroom or photo, Photoshop as a preset in Lightroom or an action in Photoshop. You can save that and so that when you bring in the next face or if that's how you like your faces to look, you then just apply all the settings as an action so you might want you know a certain percentage of red eye a certain percentage of tweaking the eyes you like your lips a bit more saturated you just apply it and then you've got the ability to uh, back off or increase that action so it they've they've thought about it really it's 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 clever it's scary uh it's good i say embrace there's a lot of people saying it's cheating i don't think so I don't think so. I think using a camera is cheating. You should be have a can with what what did they use before? You should draw. That's an original <laughs> artwork. Just with a pen and a piece of paper, not a pen, a rock. <laughs> and carve it into stone and then that, and that's not cheating. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for checking that out. That looks absolutely fascinating. I can't wait to check it out. Um, it was what else fun. has been happening, Gina? So um, I have been working on new tutorials for the goal community. So um, and welcome to all the new goldies as well. So like all the tutorials that I create, they're all step by step, Val. So you know, yes, uh, I go into um, and and I, I go through it in the way that I want to be taught. So because often I find that a lot of uh, tutorials they just assume that you know everything. I assume that everyone knows nothing because that's how I approach learning. I want to go, I want to know from the, uh, I remember when I was first learning Photoshop, someone was teaching me and I'm like, can you go back a step? And they went back a step and I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to go back to the first step where it says, how do I open the file? (laughs) They're like, oh, because it's like, you know, some teachers forget that it's like once there are people that don't know how to open the file. So that's where I start, you know, and so how to nail the perfect portrait, you know. No, I have how to, to say create- Gina is great with her tutorials and let me say that I went to a seminar this morning with a group of 16 photographers and the teacher simply did not make sense. Well, he did eventually, but there was no logic to the way he explained things. I had to like get it what out of What were you doing at a seminar with 16 photographers, in, Val? A, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, and, okay. and explain it in a, he, I had to really, really ask 500 questions in order to understand the order in which things had to be done. And Gina is not like that. Gina is just fantastic in the way she explains things, the way she structures her tutorials so that you understand it. Unlike some, um, some teachers, which who just don't do not explain things well, as you, as you can hear in the frustration in my voice. (laughs) Um, this was not, I was surrounded, there were 16 photographers, but it wasn't a photography, you weren't um, cheating on me, Val. I wasn't cheating. No, I on get you. jealous. It it was on um, fine art printing. Okay, all yes. right. 
So That's it was okay. very interesting and, um, <laughs> and, and certainly very interesting in terms of anyone out there who's interested in fine art printing because they were all photographers wanting to print their shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I learned a bit anyway, but it had it required a lot of questions on my part in order to do so. Well, we're in the gold is we cover all of that stuff, you know, shooting uh, group shots that don't look awkward. I just saw a ripper this afternoon as I went out and I'm like, oh, my God, that photo has just broken every single one of my <laughs> rules and it's like a billboard. How could they? Oh. I stood there for ages. I was just like horrified no. that this is still out there and I'm like, they don't listen to my podcast. No, you know? really, and, and how to shoot portraits that don't look lit. So I'm in uh, uh, a lot of groups. I just want to see what's going on a lot of in a lot of Facebook groups. I like to see what's going on out there and the number of um, portraits I see that are lit with flash but they just look they're so lit you know you want to have um you want it light but you want it to look like it's not lit so that when someone looks at the shot they the first thing they say is uh, is that daylight or is it flash because I can't tell the difference and Mm -hmm. then you want to know the editing techniques without all the science gobbledygook you know Mm -hmm. so and then we've also saved members literally thousands of dollars when they say should I buy this and I'm like no you don't need it buy this Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. wow that's like a 80% saving or something like that so there's lots that goes on in the goldies I love teaching Mm, absolutely if you want to find out more about the gold community and how you can connect with gina one-on-one have a listen to this this podcast is brought to you by the gold community if you want to take your photography to the next level i'd like to invite you to join my gold community i love mentoring members and many achieve so much more than they think is possible here's what frank romano had to say your goal community is top of the class. It's world-class learning and you're so generous and you're brilliant at the way that you explain things. So if you want to be a great golfer, you've got to go and, you've got to go and pay for golf lessons. If you want to be a great musician, you've got to go and pay for music lessons. If you want to be a great photographer, well, there's a price to pay. and. Uh, and it's not a lot compared to what you're going to get back. I've already, <laughs> I've already re- recouped the money that I've invested in learning. I've got that back at least ten times over by now. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. On, just on the work that I've done. I mean, you know, people are engaging me and, and paying me thousands of dollars to, to you know, yeah. and, and shoot stuff that never would have happened if I didn't invest my money in things such as the gold membership. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold Community, just go to genomilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is seven things you can start doing today to improve your confidence as a photographer. Well, we all need a bit of that, don't we, Gina? We all need we to do. improve our confidence. Well, I certainly do, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of other people feel the same way. So what things do you think we could do? So I think that confidence is one of the most important things that you have with you at all times because it can change everything about how you turn up to a shoot, how you work, how you think, everything. So it's important. And I just want to point out the difference because sometimes when someone will say, oh, that person has a lot of confidence, it can be um, sort of misunderstood as like arrogance. And there is a big difference, you know. So, uh, you know, um, arrogance is someone 
someone who that requires advertising. So, but confidence speaks for itself. And if you've ever been um, around someone who just knows what they're doing, there's just this quiet confidence about it. They don't need to bang on about how good they are. They just are, right? Yes. And so, and people around these people read that. It's like the way the person carries themselves into the room, the way they walk up, the way they approach someone. And so when you see a photographer that has a lot of confidence, that kind of, um, that energy puts everyone else at ease. It's like, you know, that, that those little micro expressions and, and everything about that person, they think, all right, this person knows what they're doing. That's great. Then I can relax. But the opposite of that is either when someone is overcompensating and might have that little bit of arrogance or completely lacks confidence and is very nervous, you're going to put the whole room um, off as well. Like you're going to make everyone else around you nervous. And so that's why like people uh, often will micromanage someone who appears to not have confidence. So it's a really important uh, quality to learn and build. And there are ways that you can do this uh, and it really uh, will improve your uh, photography. So in this, uh, I've got a really good chart that shows the difference between a confident person and an insecure person in the show notes. So uh, worth worth checking out so that you know uh, what you're looking for. But I've got uh, um, 10 ways that we can, sorry, seven seven things seven. that you can do today <laughs> to improve your confidence. All right. So shall we, okay. um, shall we get into it? Let's get into it. All right. So I think the most important thing you can do to improve your confidence is to shoot every day. And by shooting every day, I don't mean going out for 12 hours like you're going down a coal mine and shooting, although that's going to make you really confident. But it's like not everyone has the time to do that. But just uh, just setting aside a minimum of five to 10 minutes to practice your skills and you look at it like schedule it in your diary, Val, like training, you know, and it's like, okay, I've got to do my photo training. So imagine what it would feel like to turn up to a shoot and actually know what all the buttons on your camera were for. And so that, so that, and we've all done this, and I particularly had this experience just to remind me of what it was like to learn again, learning on the Fuji system when I was completely uh, up myself and so used to using the Canon, right? I knew what everything did. I could knock a button and go, oh, I've just knocked that button. I now put that back. But then I went back to being a learner again when I went on the Fuji system. And, you know, I would be out in front of people and I just, look felt I felt like an idiot I really did because I would knock a button and I'm like I can't actually see and that people you could see people looking at you going do you know what you're doing I'm like I don't actually <laughs> I don't know how to use this camera and so I forced myself to sit there and just spend half an hour going through the manual and uh, just going, what does this do? What does that do? Until I'd learnt it. And I just did a little bit every day until it becomes second nature. And the same goes for focusing, like, you know, just go to a park in your lunch hour and where there might be people that are going by on bikes or joggers, or there might be dogs running past, or there might be birds in the sky and just practice following and tracking and focusing and and taking shots it 
the photos don't matter. This is the thing that you've got to like, not worry. Don't get hung up on the end result. And this is something that we uh, do a lot of in the Goldies. It's like, I don't care what the photo looks like. I want to see how you practice. And that's why, you know, I, I encourage everyone to get themselves a styrofoam head or people have been tweaking that and making, um, knitting themselves dolls as well. I saw one this morning where someone had knitted a dog instead of a styrofoam head. It doesn't matter what you use, a, a Barbie doll if you've if you got one, a cup, a book, a rock. <laughs> yes. Practice your focusing using that and then you can use the same thing to practice your lighting and uh, using off-camera flash just so you get the hang of it and even you can do drills where you walk into a room and say, okay, every time I go into a new space like I'm going to a new cafe, tomorrow morning. When I walk in, I'm going to just spend the first few minutes scanning the room and saying, where's a good light in this room? If I was shooting a portrait here, what would I use as a background? If I was photographing the chef behind the, serving up my eggs there, that light, no, that dot light doesn't work. That's fluoro lighting above him. No, I'd bring him out into the door or his open shade. Oh my God, there's garage light. Does that make sense, Val? Yeah, definitely. And so doing that and just making that part of your everyday life is really going to hone that confidence so that like, and then you do that with your camera as well, where the end results don't matter. What, what's really important in the training is you don't make it about the, the goal isn't to get a good shot at the end. The goal is to learn the skill. And so take the pressure off. Volume and frequency. Volume and frequency. And that really, oh, my God, that, that does more to build your confidence than anything you could pro- possibly do. Mm-hmm. All right. And so That's even good. at night when you're watching TV, couldn't get any easier. Like sit back on the take couch, TV, TV. take photos of the TV. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, practice focusing on the faces as they're moving around. It's like, okay, there's a scene. I'm going to focus on the eyes. I'm going idea. to get a shot of the crown as I'm watching it. Isn't the crown good? It's um, it, oh. like if I, I don't know about you, but it takes me forever to watch an episode because I have to keep stopping and going, that was the most beautiful frame. <laughs> oh my god there's another one. Oh my god that's a great shot and then I I I I can't even focus on what's happening because I'm too busy watching the actual um the 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 cinematography the the bar of TV has just so it's good. so hot. Oh my god that and the yeah. morning show <laughs> Morning Wars yeah. what's it called? Morning Wars. Morning Wars, Jennifer Aniston's show, brilliant. Mm, on Apple TV Plus, yeah, fantastic. Uh, so anyway, while you're watching TV, we digress. Use, practice your autofocus, practice exposing images uh, using uh, your camera. So it, it doesn't, don't worry about the result, just do that five minutes a day. You'll be so happy with, with the results. All right? Yeah, great. So next is to build your confidence and this is something that a lot of people find hard to do but it's a really important one and that is to show your work to other photographers or artists you respect and get honest feedback. Now there's a big difference in showing your work if you want to um a soft audience that are going to go nicely on you know show it to your auntie Jan because she's going to love everything that you do right? So family, if you want, if you want, 
praise and, you know, that you're doing a good job, then at the start you show it to your friends and your family. And if they love you, they're always going to have positive things to say, but they're going to love anything that you do. So what you want to do is take it to the next level and show your work to someone uh, who you respect. So it could be a photographer who is a couple of years ahead of you. It might be someone who's a few years ahead of you. Uh, It might be a matter of posting it in the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community Facebook group, Val, and you share it in there where you will get honest feedback and it's usually uh, lovely feedback that they give. So it's always encouraging, but you'll get an idea of where you're going and that can often give you a lot of confidence. And I've seen photographers that have said, this is my first time, I've been lurking for five years, I'm going to post something and they post and everyone just is blown away by how good the shot is and this poor person has thought that they weren't very good all their lives Mm. you know yeah absolutely so so you want to be doing that so get honest feedback of your work so next the right people from the right people, not well. It's good to get feedback from Arnie Jan. It's yeah, nice. Sure, but you know it's nice I mean. to include her. But yeah. get you know you want to get honest feedback, and you also want to avoid the wrong people as well, who were just going to you know there are some oh, uh, yeah. there are some Facebook groups in particular where the culture in the group is it's it's uh, and it's if a that's sport. The case, leave them. Leave Don't, them. That, that's not, not where you want to be. If if the first comment, you know, if the comments are about like, you know, the the the, the subject matter that, that, that has nothing to do, if you're asking for honest cre- feedback, then the feedback should always be, and if you're giving it as well, uh, all the positives first, and then a couple of things that they can try to take that image to the next level. It doesn't need to be uh, a, a sport where it's just like make that person feel horrible about themselves. And these are usually people who never post themselves they're just like at home unhappy um trying to take everyone else down i guess so just ignore those people so the next one uh is to stop comparing yourself to others so you know and that it's hard to do now because we we see so much work out there val there's so much work and and you can't help but go oh my god everyone else is so much better than me but like Everyone else is so much better, but you're comparing yourself to people who might have 20 years on you, or you might be learning and you're brand new to this and you're spending five minutes of your lunch hour every day. It's going to take you a little bit longer and it doesn't matter how long it takes, you know, as long as you keep moving forward. So, and you and could remember, be compa- you don't know what's going on actually in their lives or behind the scenes or how much work they've done to that photo. <laughs> Exactly. But you don't know how how many years ahead of you they are. You know, they could have been doing that same shot for, 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 you know, 20 or 30 years, right? Well, sometimes you do know. Sometimes you do know that these people are new, but they still look like they have a great shot. But my point is just don't compare yourself anyway, regardless of whether whether you know that they've had a lot of experience or not had a lot of experience. Exactly. So, you, you know, just reframe how you look at other people's work and instead of um, thinking, all right, my work sucks and I'll never be that good, whenever you see something exceptional that really speaks to you, oh, my God, that image is so good, then be inspired by it and work out ways that you can 
learn from it. And that could be something that if you really love it and it stays in your mind, you know, you might be able to purchase a print, put it on your wall, look at it every day and make that a goal. One day I'm going to take photos like that. You know, the only photographer that you really should compare yourself to is the one that you used to be. So so in, when you're feeling down about like where you're getting in terms of your photography, go back five years or three years and pull up a shot that you did and compare it to what you've just done and have a look at the difference. You'll be, you'll be blown away. Yeah. All right. So next, next one? Into competitions, Val. Yeah. Into competitions. So go in there, – there there, you can start – like I'm not saying to what what like enter the um, National Portrait Prize as you first go, maybe. So you want to start realistically. Although if you want to enter the National Portrait Prize, then by all means go for it. But you know, if you want to just dip your toes in the competition waters, then meet that there are like little Instagram. Um, prizes that you can go for where it's the the best uh, black and white image or the best color image of a small forum or your local photography club but just get in and get in and uh, see how you go you might be surprised but that is a great way to build your confidence and then what happens if you don't win anything doesn't build your confidence You keep going, Val, and it's a great way to, particularly if it's your local camera club, because you, 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 there are two great things that come out of this. You're going to meet other photographers, you're going to get feedback from other photographers, and then you can, uh, like the the ones, the content. I've judged a few of these uh, online uh, photography awards, and in the judging that I had to do of every single entry, I had to give my critiques on all the photos, mm-hmm. and and why that that particular prize won and and what I loved about all the other images. So so often there are ones that you can enter that give you great critiques as well. So that's what I meant by that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So the next reason is you want to remember why you wanted to become a photographer in the first place. So like many artists like spend their life like they doubt their abilities and um, some never even have a go. They just they just don't even have a go. So what is it? Why do you want to be a photographer? Do you want to do it to help people? Do you want to, um, you know, show people how amazing they are in an image? Do you love it because you just love being outside and doing landscape? What are the, why do you do it? Just keep doing it for that reason. You know, always remember why don't get hung up on the the numbers or the likes or how many follows you got, because that's all rubbish in the end. So just just continue to do it for the reason that you got into it in the first place. And if you got into photography to be (laughs) famous and liked, and maybe you need to rethink that as well, because it's like, you know. Not, not a great reason to be a photographer, I, I don't think. <laughs> All right. Um, here's a really good one. The first time you get paid for a shoot, oh, my God, and I can remember, and it was a princely sum, Val. It was $50. <laughs> it was my first headshot shoot. Okay. Uh, Alistair Adair McDougall was his name. He was gorgeous. He did a Levi's commercial that was worldwide. I think he'd made a lot of money out of that. But $50 that day, I was I, – I don't think I've had a greater high, actually, from that first <laughs> time getting that $50 paycheck. I was and – I, and, and I kept saying, someone paid me to take their photo. 
Someone yep. paid me. And you must have felt that way when you sold your first painting, Val. Like, yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah, and it kind of it, it just makes you feel like it's like I'm the real deal. I'm now and that day from that day forward I was like I am a professional photographer. Someone paid me to take their photo. So put put prices on your work and get paid. Put your out put it out there and uh, make that one of your new year's resolutions if you haven't got them yet and if you haven't been paid for a shoot that's going to do wonders for your confidence. All right, ask, next, Val. But yep. to get paid, you do need to ask to be paid. So yes, make sure and that's, you do that. Of course, and that's that whole other mindset about valuing what you do as well, which is very important, but that's a whole other whole other episode, Val. Mm. <laughs> All right. I've just, I've just looked up Alistair McDougall. I remember him. Do you? Is yeah. there photos of him? Well, just What's he like, like online, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Very attractive, wasn't he? Yeah, that was my first time, Val. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. He's got that, he's he's very specific. It's very Levi's, isn't it? Yeah, very. He looks uh, like Benji McNair. Yeah, and and back in the day, you know, if you got an international campaign, Mm. that's seriously good money. And I can remember like all the actors would say, you know, if they'd come in and they'd say, I got a hundred percenter, which means you act on a commercial where you speak as well. Mm. Big, big money. It's it's cut back a little bit now, but like back in the day, it was excellent money. You could really live for many years off that paycheck. So yeah. Um, Good on Alistair. I wonder what he's doing now. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) All right. Number next one on my list, Val, is uh, do a workshop with a photographer. I don't even think I've got seven. I've got more. I, I can't count. Do okay. a workshop with a photographer that you respect, and uh, and this can be either in person or online because then you're going to get direct feedback. So there are tons and tons and tons of workshops you can do. If you've got nothing to do next June, I've got a couple of spots in Sicily <laughs> if you want to come along. And potentially at the end of the year, I may add a Bali workshop. So wow. maybe I will hopefully post something about that. I'm about to head over and scout some locations so if I can make that happen I would love to show you Bali because it's a a whole other world very different to Sicily but yeah keep that in mind but there's you know it it might be that you're uh, you love uh, doing landscapes and you also love to travel and you want to go to a remote part of the world you don't need to go to the other side of the world there are photographers that do uh, little city walks where you walk around and um, you know there are simple online workshops that you can do as well but even that will boost your confidence and you know if it the if the workshop also includes feedback I think the combination of doing the workshop and getting the feedback and also if you can because there's workshops and there's workshops the the ones where they're like over 20 people 20 to 30 that's I call that a seminar because it's a lot harder to get that one-on-one attention so like if you can if you can get you onto those workshops where it's under I think I think eight people is the sweet spot and then you get one-on-one time with the photographer and there should be opportunities at the end to ask questions as well and also as you're going and some one-on-one time with the instructors that because there might be just one thing that you're doing that's like 
that you think that you're the only person in the world that does that, and that's human nature. We think that we're the only ones that flawed. Everyone else is perfect. And then you get on the workshop and you look around, you go, oh, my God, everyone's made the same mistake I have. I'm not, mm. I'm not, there's not something wrong with me. This is normal. That will boost your confidence like nothing else. So, you know, so it's a really good investment. You love a workshop. Tip, here's my tip of the week is that if you are in another city um, that's not your own and you want to go on a city walk or whatever with someone who kind of vaguely well, knows the city and vaguely knows what they're talking about, uh, talking about, they might not be an Uber photographer. Just look up the Apple store and look at Today at Apple and they have, they're free, they're always small groups and they go on photo walks or art walks or whatever. So it might be a Photoshop thing or it might be an iPhone photography thing. So you're not necessarily doing it on your Canon or your, you know, fancy SLR, but it is a really useful way, A, to see a city with a local, (laughs) B, to learn something because I guarantee you'll learn something new anyway, and C, go on a photo walk that's obviously going to have some nice stuff in it, you know, that they sometimes they time it with sunset or they time it with uh, – they um, uh, do it around architectural buildings or stuff like that, and it's free. So hot You love tip. the Apple Store. <laughs> you should be hot an ambassador, tip. but I have to agree, that's a great tip. And, and, and it's like, you know, when you land in a city that you've never been before, like, you know, literally uh, around the corner from you could be the most phenomenal – you know, land, uh, uh, you know, building or something, and and you didn't know about it. But mm. these guys know the secret that oh yeah, if you go onto the third floor mm. at five o'clock, you get this view, and the sun's just in the right spot. And only a, a you know an insider would know that stuff. Yeah, that and is they a great know the tip. time of the sunset, yes, and they then yes. they give you food recommendations. Oh, food? <laughs> oh, I thought they give you food at the Apple Store. God, no, can't get but, any better. But that yeah, 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 they were open to that. <laughs> 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 That's so a great there's tip. hot tip of the week. Yeah, yeah, the Apple Store. Yeah, why not? Um, all right, next tip to boost your confidence, Val, is, and this is something I did all along my learning journey and I still do today. Whenever I meet someone who is ahead of me in anything, I always ask, well, what was it like for you at the start? What problems did you have? How did you fix that? I'm just naturally curious and like to ask a thousand questions and I love to hear how everyone got to where they are now and that normalizes the process for me because if you're left to your own device, As I said earlier, we all like to think that we're such special little snowflakes that we're the only ones that think like this. It's not the case. Everyone thinks like that. So it's great to to ask someone else who's just ahead of you on the journey, um, how did they get there? What did you do? How did that work? Great way to boost your confidence. Yeah. All right. This is a good one, Val. This is, a, I think, something you should do probably at the end of every year is track your progress. So write down 10 things that you've achieved in the year or if you want to do it for the first time in life or photography. And what this does is it forces you to focus on everything that you have and everything that you've achieved rather than how far you need to go or everything that you don't have. So it's just a really good mindset to focus on what you have rather than what you don't have. I would suggest doing it more frequently than every year. We'll do it every week if you feel like it. But like, how often would you do it? Maybe every month or two months. Every month. So just track your progress. It's fantastic. And it's like, you know, 
get that photo, that first photo and put, I've got one in my room. It's the first thing I look at when I wake up and um, it's a photo that like my first travel lifestyle shot that I took and it's not very good, but I love it because it represents that time in my life and then that's my base and that's what I compare everything uh, that from from there on, you know. it's I think it's a great thing to do and you can do that, you know, at the start of each year or at the start of each month. So if you're learning uh, lighting, have a look at the first off-camera flash shot that you did and compare it to the one that you've done 30 days later if you've been doing that five minutes of training every day. You will be blown away by how far you've gone, but you will forget. And it's like um, measuring is a great way to stay on top of things because it's like, you know, when you lose weight, if you're losing weight slowly every day, you look at the mirror in the mirror and you see you, you don't see the differences, right? Yeah. But then you'll meet someone who hasn't, or if you're putting on weight every day, <laughs> it depends which way you're going, you don't notice. But then you see someone who hasn't seen you for six months and, you know, they'll see straight away the difference. So it's the same with the photography. You might be gradually improving it all the time, but you're surrounded by all these people who are just that little bit better than you and you're actually keeping pace with them, but you don't notice how far you've come. So go back and have a look that will boost your confidence and keep and keep doing it. And, you know, pat yourself on the back and do a little lap of honour, like, you know, when the goalies win a goal, get a goal in soccer and they do that, they take their shirt off and they do that yes. aeroplane yeah, yes. thing. Don't you do that when you something good happens? I don't, but I do. I know what you mean. I do. Okay. I do. So that's important. And uh, keep keep the list and add to it. So, yeah, this is a, a really good way to uh, boost your happy as well. All right. And finally, there was more than seven. I think there was ten. But anyway, uh, push yourself to try new things because, uh, you know, it's it's – it's hard to do, but that's where happiness is. It's always just outside your comfort zone. And if you're feeling that a little bit nervous or a little bit anxious about it, it's it, that, that's a good sign. It, it means go for it, do it. That's how everybody feels when they're about to embark on something new. Do you get excited or nervous when you're about to do something new, Val? You're both. Yeah. We all do. It's not like if you were flat, you'd be dead. It's like yeah. if you didn't care, then why do it? But, of course, because you want to do well, it's good. But and sometimes you go, oh, my God, I'm a bit scared to do this. Do it anyway, you know. Push through that fear and then, oh, my God, the high at the end of that is so amazing. So just keep pushing yourself to try new things. So hopefully uh, those things will help. I've just got a couple of practical tips that I just want to finish on, Val, yes. that you can use to overcome your fear to feel more confident. Okay, so um, when you're nervous, you know, it's your first time doing a shoot, you, you, you're lacking that confidence, just remember this one thing that everyone else is also just thinking about themselves. So they're all in their own heads. So don't worry about, oh, my God, what is everyone else thinking about me? They're actually thinking exactly the same thing. What is everyone else thinking about me? Everyone in the room is just self-absorbed. Basically, that's how we are. So they're, they're, they're probably not even going to notice 
that you're nervous. So, you know, do all the things you can do to just calm yourself down, breathe, but but don't worry too much about what everyone else is thinking. And this next tip is a game changer. This is what I would always do until this was uh, now burned into my memory is I kept a shot list. So I would write everything down, not into your phone, old school, on a piece of paper, because the art of writing things down helps you remember. So, Keep a list of all the shots you need to do if it's a lot of shots in a shoot that you're having and keep a list of everything that you wanted to do in that shoot. And also keep a cheat sheet, like a separate cheat sheet of all the stuff that you need to remember. So, and make it as basic as when you're starting because you're going to forget in the excitement. Check the focus, put that on your list. Check the exposure, put that on your list. Check the background. You're looking for things growing out of people's heads. Check for shadows if you're lighting with flash. Check for wrinkles, stray hairs. Now, you can make that, uh, tweak that to suit yourself, but but basically what you want to do is slow down when you're shooting and go, hang on, and even if you have to excuse yourself and just go, uh, where's the bathroom? Take yourself to the bathroom, take your list out and read it again and go, all right, I've got to check the focus for this shot. And, and just that is going to help with Good everything and, and I still do that now if I've got a big shoot I've just got a little piece of paper in my pocket that just reminds me to remember certain key points that in the heat of the moment I'm going to uh, forget with all the excitement and then eventually you don't need that list anymore it just comes a second nature you remember to look at all this stuff wow fantastic Love it. Okay, so they are more than seven things that you can yeah. start doing today to improve I can't your count. confidence. As Do you a want to call this episode Way more than more. seven things? More than. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but very helpful, and you can take what you have found useful from it and use it in your own situation. All yeah. right. Well, we've come to the end of this week's episode. Uh, where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at ginamilitia.com, G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm on all social media at Gina Militia, and I'm also in the So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook podcast group. And if you want to connect with me in person and you want to be mentored by me, then check out the Gold Community. That's at ginamilitia.com and click on Join the Community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.